And I think everything is smooth sailing cool. from this point. Cool. Here we are. We are here doing a thing. Doing talking. a thing. Talking. Let me tell you what. Uh, we're going to hold this cheers for one second. Okay. And let's do this intro. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge from one Brian to another. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. That was a little bit of a harsh fade out. That's one thing I haven't gotten quite good at. Yeah. You know, the uh, I really enjoy being able to do everything on the fly, not having to drop it yeah. in and post. But there's been some times where you know, yeah, it so happens, I get, it's, I get it's, a, it's one organic. time I just I completely forgot to turn. It was just going. Mm-hmm. You know, gotta gotta it's get organic. it together. Gotta get it together. But I'm sitting here today with Brian Coddington. You got it. I pronounced it. You right. pronounced it perfect. Thank you. I you gotta understand something, man. Like I have been dealing with mispronunciations of my name since this since I was seven. Okay, what's one that really sticks out? Um, okay, so this is a scenario. Okay, okay. I was in seventh grade, and I, it was in gym class, and the gym teacher literally for the entire year mispronounced my name a different way every single time. Ooh. He went from Cottingham. Okay. Which that's a common one. Like that's that's one that I usually get. That sounds like a name. It is. It's English. It's I mean, a either way, Peter Rabbit. In, yeah, yeah. Either way, Maybe it's English. Cotting, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Sorry. But, but either way, like it's either Cottingham or he went all the way to like Cotlington. Oh. And I'm like, how the hell do you do? Why that? would that be anybody's name ever? It it kind of reminds me of uh, you're you, you're a child of the '90s, so you, yeah. you get this. Uh-huh. Remember the movie Rookie of the Year? Yeah. Remember how the coach in that movie constantly mispronounced the the lead lead's name all the time? Called I, him like Rosengardner and then Rodigan. You know, I, and it was all over the place. And that I, just what okay. Me of. Yeah, I, I mean, I would I would be fibbing if I told you I remembered this, that specific. I'm a movie guy. No, we no, totally. To I definitely I watched Rookie of the Year when I was a kid, yeah. and I also spent you know three of my best working years as a key manager at blockbuster video no shit one blockbuster was still a thing oh i was gonna say so, am, I, am, uh, I, am i allowed to swear on oh this yeah, podcast? yeah okay totally good. i have to i always have to ask that because a lot of people they like give you faces swear words i appreciate Fuck that yeah this is a cursing friendly that's podcast. good i mean my podcast is also very cursing friendly so nice we have no barrier. so yes you can't swear <laughs> but i have this uh insane recollection recollection now of vhs covers dvd covers amazing stuff i can like look at at the spine of something and i know what it is just from being at blockbuster and i'm the same way now with uh records too i I gotta ask you this question yeah sure from one person who loves movies to another person who worked in it from one brian to another from one brian to another what is your absolute favorite vhs cover Ooh, that is raw (laughs) all right I mean, um, I know it's your show and all. No, 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 no. We I'm can just start curious. here. I'm Before curious. I answer this question, I do want to get into okay. Brian Coddington yes. of the Cinema Psychos so, show. Boom. It's a podcast. It's about movies yep. and things. Brian is a independent filmmaker yes, that am. does movies and things. He likes movies and things. And we're going to talk about movies and things. Movies and things. <laughs> so to answer your question. Yeah. My favorite VHS cover off yeah. the top of my head right now 
Okay, so I have a, <laughs> I have a, there's this, uh, it's an old, like, really bad slasher movie called Three on a Meat Hook. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, and uh, I have, like, a, it's like a big box. I have the tape. It was my uncle's. Yeah. And he was a big movie collector. And this VHS cover used to scare the shit out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> because, like, if you look at it now, it's, like, this real corny artwork. I'm actually, I could probably pull it up. So right. let me see if I can look it up. I, I got to see uh, this. It used to scare, movies are like my absolute it used to favorite. scare the shit out of me when I was a kid. But, you know, as I got older and I got more into, you know, heavy metal mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, it, now it's just fucking hysterical to me. So, yeah, actually, easily, easily enough, I was able to find the cover. We could put it up on here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can throw it up on there. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's the three on that a meat hook cover. Awesome. The one thing I haven't quite figured out is adjusting the brightness with the camera. Uh, uh, you know, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. That's yeah, fine. That's good. So yeah, you can Google three on a meat hook. So <laughs> off the top, prime candidates for murder. <laughs> I'm gonna say that's 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 a good VHS cover. Um, another one that sticks out to me is the Changeling. Oh, that's a good one. It's, it's you know that's an awesome movie. Really highly underrated, overlooked ghost movie, and uh, has a really cool ominous just cover. Yeah, because that was one of those ones from my blockbuster days. Yeah, when I knew nothing about it. And just like I would always see the cover and I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know, and like I was working at Blockbuster in early 2000s. So Internet was a thing, but it wasn't like a, you know, you You can't take two steps, you know, without it. So information like whenever I was working at Blockbuster, we had a book that was a had like directors and movies and you could look up stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember being very into like, oh, like, man, I really like, uh, you know, that movie Reanimator. And then like, okay, like, you know, Stuart Gordon, okay, like he makes movies. What movies has he made? And like looking him up in the book and then special ordering, you know, weird Stuart Gordon stuff and uh, fucking whoever else, you know what I mean? Other 80s guys. Yuzna. Yeah, sure. You know, like I'd special (laughs) order their movies from other blockbusters so I can rent them and stuff like that. So I... I will say, you know, it's hard for me nowadays to call myself like a, a cinephile, if you will. Mm. Uh, but the stuff that I watched, you know, when I was growing up and into my like early 20s, like yeah. really stuck with me. I watched a lot of stuff. Now I just like fucking all I do is like make stuff. I don't really engage with stuff too much. anymore. I watch a lot of TV now. OK. And honestly, like that's that might that might be like the cardinal sin of a filmmaker is you're watching TV instead of you know, watching movies. And for me, it's a matter of, I've seen some really amazing TV come out for like, you know, Netflix and Hulu's they're out there and Amazon prime. Totally. You know, like I, I'm right now I'm watching handmaid's tale and Nosferatu. You've seen that one. Mm-mm. It's on AMC. It has uh, Zachary Quinto as a vampire. Okay. But he's not a traditional vampire. He's like one that like, it's, it's really screwed up and it's, it's based on the book. Uh, and it's spelled Nosferatu with a four and an A, like a license plate. Okay. So it's it's really amazing stuff. And I'm finding that the stories that you're getting out of a lot of the TV, and I think it's probably because of shows like Mad Men and The Walking Dead that have basically like pushed the limit of what you can put on TV. So the stories are really engaging. That's honestly what I look for in films and TV is the sure. stories. I think that it has been hard for me as well to really lock in or find a movie that just like compelled me enough to watch it. Yeah. It wasn't just like popcorn bullshit. Yeah. Uh, you it's know, hard. I, I recently, <laughs> uh, I just tried watching solo. Oh, I'm sorry. 
And like, it's I'm just, so sorry. It was just, I just fell asleep two nights in a row. I was, I mean, like, I'm I mean, surprised I, you were able to see through all of the brown color grade <laughs> that was thrown over the whole damn movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. It's, it's worse than uh, uh, Batman v Superman. Sure. In yeah. that regard. Yeah. The, I did, I actually didn't see Batman v Superman, not missing much. but I did hear that it was kind of like a dark movie, not, not dark in tone, but just dark. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of that. And, it, and actually, like, I, I watched it with my wife. We watched it in the theater because, you know, she was like, well, let's go give it a chance. I'm like, well, I'll give it a chance. And it was when I was naive to think that Ben Affleck could be Batman and, okay. and that sort of thing. And then I watched it. And, like, it was one of those times where I don't know if we come out of the theater and you're just like, you got to let it sit for a little bit before you can really talk about it. But we came out of that theater. We were just like, man, that was bad. Yeah. I remember. And I even tried to, like, Say, oh yeah, it's good. See, and then it just kit. My Yo, wife was just hammering like it's bad. Uh, you can't pretty this up. Um, yeah, a, uh, a filmmaker that I, I absolutely loved in my younger years, and now I like have a really hard time struggling with is Luc Besson. Yeah, <laughs> um, Fifth he, Element's amazing. Oh, dude, it's in my top five easily. Even the uh, the Joan of Arc movie he did is really yeah. good. Yeah, that uh, dude. I, I, all of his early stuff, I really, really, really yep. like. You know, there's like that professional. Yeah, it's like so good. It's like there was like an element to his movies. If it, it was like if uh, if Tarantino was less of a pervert and more of a nerd. <laughs> if Tarantino had some like he, he took it down a couple notches. Basically, sure, sure, sure. You know. Yeah, I think, yeah. That, I, mean, I think that like he's like, he's just he's a pervert, you know. He's a he's a he's a he's a violence pervert. He's a race pervert. Yeah, he's he a, is. He's a pervert pervert. He kind of is. And he like, also nothing I mean, against. I think that yeah. I like his films. But oh, don't get me wrong, me too. But it's so indulgent in like your in like the worst possible elements of the human. Like oh yeah, what you could find entertaining. Uh huh. Like he he really walks a tightrope. Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, <laughs> one of my favorites of his is Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Just because it's like, oh, I want to see Hitler get shot up. Why not? Sure. <laughs> I was clapping in the, in the, in the theater. I was like, yeah. I love Jackie Brown. <laughs> Jackie Brown's really good. I'd say that's his most subdued. His most subdued version of himself. Probably. Even though, even though you've got like Robert De Niro and, and uh, was it Bridget Fonda? Yeah. And he's like horrible to her. Um, he shoots her too, you know, but. That's his most subdued movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I you just know? I think it has like a really good flow. I mean, I, I mean, Pulp Fiction's great. It's so Everybody fun, loves, and I mean, loves Pulp Fiction. Reservoir Dogs, I don't like as much as other people like, but I get it. And I, the Kill Bills are great. I mean, I, it's honestly yeah. probably been about a decade since I've watched Reservoir Dogs, though. I might appreciate it more now. It's for me, it's been about five years, and that's kind of what I do. Is when I see a movie, especially, it takes some time for me to watch that movie again. Yeah, like I, I own Reservoir Dogs. I also own Pulp Fiction but I don't watch them all the time. Yeah. You know, um, it's not a repeat watch. It's like, kind of like when you break out a fine wine, you're like, yeah, you know, it's been aging in there for about 10 years. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't drank it, you know, in about, you know, five years. So let's go break it out again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, for me, Reservoir Dogs is an inspiration as a filmmaker because oh, sure. you're looking completely at someone who has, excuse me, beer, <laughs> uh, you know, hindrances in front of them and you're seeing a filmmaker deal with every one of those problems 
and the end result of it. And that's honestly where you get really amazing sure. film is when you have hindrances, when you don't have the money, when you've only got the actors working for a couple days and then they're gone for something like that. Because he had a bunch of really big actors at the time. You know, Harvey Keitel, he was established. Um, same with Steve Buscemi. I mean, he was established at that time too. Not as big as he got later on. Yeah. But, you know, you've got all these people in there. How do you deal with all of them? I think that I would have... It would have been really cool to see Reservoir Dogs, you know, when it came out. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Pulp Fiction isn't a thing. Yeah. And I'm, if I was like, you know, 17 or 18, old enough to get it, if I would have seen it, that would have been insane. Yeah. My uncle, who I mentioned before, was a big movie collector. And before I forget, the whole reason I was, I brought any of this up was you were talking about you know, seeing a movie and walking out and feeling like about it. The last movie that I was really stoked for and I went and I saw it and I walked out of the theater just feeling dirty was Lucy. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, I I liked it the first time I watched it and then I thought about (laughs) it. (laughs) That was the thing. Like me and the person that I saw it with, like we were just like really dumbfounded by like what we saw. And like, I was like, I was really hyped on the cast and all mm-hmm. the, like everybody that was a- associated with this film. I was like, there's no reason why I'm not going to like this movie. Yeah. Scarlett but, Johansson and Luke Besson. How could it, how bad could yeah, it be? But, uh, and it disappointed you. Yeah. It, it didn't quite work out. It didn't quite <laughs> yeah. hit the mark. Uh, so yeah. And then, uh, what else was Scarlett Johansson was in another cool movie under the skin. Was that, I haven't seen that one. Was it under the skin or in the skin or something like that? That was she in that? I think that was her. It's like a weird, oh man, that, that movie's gnarly. I got to make sure I'm looking, I'm yeah. thinking about that. Right. But, um, got to love IMDb yeah. for this. So with, you know, you getting into all of these movies. Yeah. And, uh, I imagine now it's like really hard for you to watch movies because maybe it's easier in some regards because you understand it from a technical perspective, oh, yeah. but it also makes yeah. it a lot harder to just watch something to watch it. Yes. You know, Absolutely. like, I don't know. I mean, there's some movies now that I love that if I feel like, like, okay, one movie that I really, really like just from being, you know, the first time I saw it, I was like 15 was Donnie Darko. Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it is as good as a movie as my 15 year old self thinks it is. Yeah. Um, it was Richard Kelly, right? Uh, Donnie Darko. I believe yeah. I'd have to look. Yeah. Randy, I think that was I Richard so. Kelly. Um, and I don't think he did the sequels. No, no, he didn't. He didn't. I never saw them. My girlfriend insists that S. Darko is actually pretty cool, but I have not seen it. You can't convince me of that. <laughs> That's how I feel too. But she doesn't have a bad taste in movies, so I feel like yeah. I, sh- I well, should you, maybe. You, you should. I should. Make an I should. I should uh, yeah, I should definitely take her word on yeah. it. Oh yeah. So yeah, Under the Skin, 2013, Scarlett see. Johansson. Yeah, that that is correct. Um, I don't th- I yeah, that one. it was a. It's a, actually a pretty weird movie. It's worth oh, watching if you've okay. never seen it. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking I'll out. Check that one out. Yeah, that's yeah. that. That's gonna it's, be. It's really. That's my recommendation for. Okay. Uh, you got to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love the sound effects. <laughs> you gotta understand, like we don't have sound effects on my show. <laughs> All right, yeah, cool. All right, let's 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 wool this back in just 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 a bit. We mentioned that you do the Cinema Psycho show, and before we get into you know another forty five minutes of just ranting about movies and stuff, which this is great because I'm usually talking to people yeah. about music or video games, yeah. and I'm, I know that you like music. You probably like video games too. I think we're I, probably in the same age truth, range. Truth be told, I haven't played video games in a long time. Yeah, see, I haven't either. I appreciate I, them. Okay, yeah, one thousand percent. All right, so after we, I'm gonna, we're gonna pick this up with something okay. video game and movie related. After okay. you just talk about your podcast for a couple minutes, sure. Let the people know. Okay, so uh, the Cinema Psycho Show is a podcast that I came up with uh, back in 2016, and it was mainly because of the fact that, uh, as most people know, making a movie is tough. Even a short film yeah. is a lot of work. And I, I use that as, as kind of like, you know, making movies, like making art, making music, making, you know, any sort of thing like that. It's therapy. So when you are concerned with, okay, I don't have the money to make a short film. I don't have the money to make, even try to make a feature, to try to get the crew together and everything. It's like, well, I need to have some sort of outlet. So I was reading an article by Kevin Smith. And uh, he had Kevin Smith. Um, yeah. Who's Kevin, that? Kevin Smith. You who? don't know who Kevin I'm Smith is? <laughs> I was going to be like, for real? You're, you're sitting here talking about nerd shit and you're going like, I don't know who Kevin Smith yeah, is. No, you're wearing a nerf shirt. Come <laughs> yeah. on, man. Um, so, so anyway, Kevin Smith was talking about how podcasts for him with his smodcast series, uh, basically serves as like a distribution channel for his work. So when he's working on something, he can say, hey, you know what? I've got this podcast going and basically get his work to an already established audience. I'm like, that's an awesome idea. And I had done some audio uh, stuff beforehand. Um, years ago, I worked with uh, another filmmaker. His name is Johnny Daggers. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He, it's he a used, cool name, though. Yeah, it's, it's not his Does real name. Porn? No. That's a great porn <laughs> name. It, it is, but no, he... <laughs> That's not his real name. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but but it's just the name that he went by, uh-huh. and he made horror movies, and we both kind of partnered up for a time, and um, he had this awesome idea of doing a internet radio show. And we, it wasn't a podcast. It wasn't on iTunes. It wasn't that. It was just like, hey, we're going to go live, and we're going to do live internet radio. And it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> but it got me exposed to audio storytelling. So we ran that for like 100 episodes, and, you know, it, it, I loved it. And I'd been a couple of years since I had done that. And I'm like, what? We try this podcast thing. So I didn't want it to just be me because like me talking about something for an hour, I think gets boring. So I was like, it might be cool if I had like, you know, co-hosts that I can bounce ideas and basically make it like a conversation about movies, you know, like a bunch of people getting together and talking about movies. So I contacted two of my friends who went to grad school together in the film program. Yeah. And I was like, hey, what do you think about this idea? We kind of open it up as like everybody talks about movies. We review one movie. We talk about it. It's kind of no holds barred. And it kind of grew from there. Um, You know, we're now at, I think, 142 episodes. And we've tried to maintain a weekly type show. (laughs) It's hard. It's really hard. And like life changes happen between 2016 and now. So like it we're kind of unofficially doing every other week. Yeah. In the summer, it's a lot harder. Bro, but I'm uploading two times a week right now. 
Yeah. It's fucking crazy. I put I know. out three episodes I, this I, week. Here's the thing, man. Like, I see you putting <laughs> your episodes up. I'm like, where the hell does he find the time? Um, the roadcaster helps. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I, I was looking at this. I'm like, man, I gotta get that. Yeah. Um, so, like, generally, you know, my my co-host John and Elaine Wolscroft, they're a married couple. They're hilarious. Nice. Like, they're hilarious, and they're also film people. So what was nice about it was, like, we didn't want the podcast to be a, you know, you know, like film spotting. I don't know if you ever listened to that Mm-mm. podcast, but it's, it's a, it's like an NPR type film thing where it's like a bunch of film, you know, yeah. we call them film twats. Okay. You know, like a bunch of film twats. Yeah. Twa, yeah, the, the film only movie that's not even a podcast, but the only movie people online that I follow is red letter media. Fair enough. We're more like them. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we try to approach it from kind of having a balance of, yeah. you know, we're all filmmakers like my co-hosts are filmmakers as well as myself. Yeah. And, we want to approach it from a critic critical standpoint, but also, you know, have comedy in it too. So we totally, kind of try yeah. to strike a balance and sometimes it's more one or the other, uh, but we pretty much depends on to, what you're talking about. It depends. Sure. Like we did a Batman episode and my co-host brought up how the Batmobile looks like a dick <laughs> and he's right. It does. Sure. But the whole time we're talking about, you know, the story structure of it uh-huh. too. Um, so that's pretty much how the podcast came to be. And we just pretty much kept at it where we did a hundred episodes. We had a live show and we're, we're trying to do more live shows, which are, which are fun. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much about it. Yeah. You know? On top of that, I'd make my own short films and I was working with, uh, Rose McCobb's atrocity exhibition. You found okay. them? Yes, I am. So I made all of their opening films. Awesome. Every one of the films that you saw at that show, um, that was me. Cool. So it, Working with them has pretty much allowed me and to do. Th- those are the people that are associated yeah. with the Weeping Glass, yes. correct? In Allentown, yes. okay. So yeah. yeah, if you are somebody that is familiar with Allentown, Black Forge Coffee House, yep. shout outs, Onion Maiden, shout outs, Skull Record, shout outs. There's also the Weeping Glass up there, which Weeping you probably are awesome. familiar with. And uh, yeah, so that's the same the same group. It's of the same group of people. Uh, so it, it, working with them basically allowed me to make a short film uh, every year because it was they gave me a theme and it, it gave me enough. Uh, hindrances to allow me to be creative, which is again what I'm getting back to is yeah, you know, independent filmmakers kind of need those restrictions. And tying into music, you mentioned that you have worked with Venus and Furs as yes, well. I did their are, I did their green um, music video series. They're f- friends of the podcast. Michael has been on the show. Yeah, he's great. And uh, Robbie, I'm afraid if I get him on, I'm just never going to get him off. <laughs> he's going to fucking talk for ten hours. <laughs> Shout outs to Robbie. He's a good dude. Yeah, he is good. <laughs> no, he's going to come on sometime for sure. That's cool. So that's awesome. And that's a good plate of work that you've been doing. I tried to. Yeah. I tried to. I think My wife that, tells me I need to branch out from doing like horror things. I'm like, but it's so fun. So I'll do a scary music video. <laughs> I did. I, well, yeah, here's the yeah. thing, man. Like, like, I don't know about you, but I listened to their album before they released it. And they were just like, okay what do you think in terms of music video? And I'm like, all right, let me listen to those. So I listened to literally every track on my way to work multiple times awesome. of the week. And I came up with this story idea of, you know, basically this vampire and, you know, this love triangle type thing going on and discovering the person, the vampire. So like that, that's what I read into their lyrics uh-huh. and they loved it. And of course, you know, Michael's like, okay, I think you need to have a kid get, you know, bitten in this video too. I'm like, why? It's like, cause, 
I'm like, all right, cool. You going to find me a kid? <laughs> and he did. <laughs> so it wound up working. Fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. You need a top off yet? You good? I'm good right now. Yeah, man. All right. You let me know. Don't hesitate to ask. We got plenty more beer in the fridge. Okay. That's literally the tagline of the that's, show. That's the tagline so of the show. If I in the don't fridge. hold up to that, then we are fucked. Yes. Beer and soda <laughs> in the fridge. All right. Awesome. So continuing with our chat. Yeah. Video games. Video games. Movies. Movies. Sonic the fucking Hedgehog. Have you oh. seen that trailer? <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> that hurt so much, but it does not surprise no. me. No. Fuck in no. In the least bit. Because let's look at the track record here. <laughs> let's look at the track record <laughs> okay. here. Of right. Video game adaptations into movies. All right. If we go all the way back to yeah. Super Mario Brothers. Which, okay? when's the last time you watched that? Uh, it was at least in the 2000s. I watched it this past year. <laughs> oh, really? And I loved it. Oh, God. Um, But I, I loved it in the way that, like, you love cheese fries. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was... It's, you don't love it when you go to the bathroom an hour no, later. It's completely off the rails. Oh, yeah. It's just, like... It's I like drugs. I like, often wonder. Like, how did this fucking happen? I often wonder because I, I have three stepsons and I have the, the youngest, my, my, my baby, uh, just turned one. Ooh, and congratulations. I, I wonder. Hell yeah, you, yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, I, I, I wonder, not knowing any of the context of the Super Mario Brothers video games, okay. what they would think of that movie. Oh. Because I think, I think that's part of it. I think that's part of the reason why people dislike it so much is because in their heads, like people who are our age, yeah. you know, we know the story of Super Mario Brothers. We, we've played, you know, those games all over the place. And when we see the movie, we're like, that is not I it. think why I love it is because it, it leans so hard into that, like, early 90s dystopia cyberpunk thing that was going yeah. on. Like, uh, it was like Johnny Mnemonic. I love that movie. Yeah, I fucking love that, I love movie. that movie. And like this, and then like fucking Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, the That's second a great, one. great movie. I'm looking forward to the third one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then, which speaking of Alex Winters, yeah. um, I just recently found out about a movie he made in the 90s called Freaked. Oh my God, that's an amazing film. I've never seen it, but I- You have to I know, see that I know. movie. It's on my list. Keanu is it. in that too. Oh, is he? He plays a dog. <laughs> I'm not joking. He literally plays a dog. Dude, I want to watch it so the dog bad. Man. Whenever I found out about it, I was like, how did I not know- Randy Quaid. This exists. Yeah. So As a mad scientist, it, yeah. hillbilly. It's yeah, on it's my list. That's, oh. That shit is so up my alley. Like all that stuff. And the Super Mario Brothers movie, it falls into that category. Yes. It's one of those it, fucking movies. So that's why I was watching it. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, this is a bad Mario movie, but this is an awesome, weird, early 90s, just gross movie. And that's, I think, the thing is, is it, it, it's it depends a total on how recall you for kids. It. That You know what? That is a great, <laughs> that is a, a seriously a great uh, approach to it. I never thought of it as total recall for kids. Um, it even has head weird things that happen. Exactly. In it. So it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Get you us to Mars. <laughs> but not to derail the conversation. Sure. Video game movies. All right. So you had Super Mario Bros, yes. which at the time, I mean, it is a shit show, but in my later years, I've come to appreciate it. Do you know the behind the scenes of that movie? Uh, no. To make a, a long story short, it was a shit show from the very beginning. They hired a husband and wife team that did not know anything about filmmaking and everyone on the set hated them. Bob Hoskins was a drunk. 
<laughs> like Shout literally, out to Bob Hoskins, by the way. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> Bob Hoskins was drunk on the set, uh-huh. and just it literally got to the point where the the production company like wanted to fire the directors <laughs> because of how shitty of a job they were doing. Oh yeah, sure. Like, it, it's you can find um, documentaries of it on YouTube. Okay. Um, just retrospectives on the whole behind the scenes yeah, of how th- bad that movie is. I think I may have briefly watched some of one that the gaming historian did. Yeah. There's a, um, I really like his channel, uh, but I don't think I watched the whole thing. Yeah. I watched one on, on what the fuck happened to this movie. Okay. I mean, that's the series. And they did it on Super Mario Brothers and they went literally deep into all oh, that's of the awesome. shit. Hell yeah. Um, of how bad that production was. So it's not surprising me. But if you go down the line and every single time they've tried to adapt, like they did Double Dragon. Yeah, I Double think. Dragon. I don't, re- I would, I need to watch Double Dragon again. Yeah. I need to watch Street Fighter again. Street Fighter's nostalgia. Uh, I love, I, I have a very, like, it's a terrible film. <laughs> don't I, get me wrong. I have a huge soft spot for the Mortal Kombat movies. I like the first one. I saw the second one in the theater, and I was just like, "What the hell happened?" I, I, it, it's so bad, but I still, I, I, I pass it again as like, actually, no, it's worse than nachos. It's, but it's still okay. It's like I'd, a, yeah, I'd, it's some sort of really bad I'd junk say, food. I'd say that movie, and uh, what the hell other movie is it that he did? Um, shit, I'm forgetting it. It's Lawrence Fishburne. He's in space. You were saying oh, you know uh, what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah. That, that, that's, Hellraiser in space, basically. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm blanking on the actual title of it. Yeah. Uh, Event Horizon. Event that's Horizon it. or Yeah. Pl- I, was gonna, I was like, I was like, what is it? Goes from Mars. No, that's no, not that no, one. No, no, <laughs> no. No, no, no. But but uh Mortal Kombat and Event Horizon are probably Paul W. S. Anderson's best films. Okay. Period. Yeah. He doesn't I, need to make any more. I, <laughs> so. I love that first Mortal Kombat movie. I think that so much of it has to do with my attachment to it though, because when it came out, it was perfect timing for me mm-hmm. and being like the right age. I loved the game. Yeah. I loved all of the music that was oh, in yeah. the game or in the, in the movie and every, and like, I was just so in like that movie was made for me. Well, I think the success of that film is the fact that the filmmakers and the writers actually looked at the source material oh sure they yeah. looked at the game and you could say well this is just a fighting game but i mean they looked at it from a standpoint of okay how do we adapt this into a story the they weren't just like throwing the it the characters yeah. look the characters the atmospheres all look like the atmospheres in the game you know that's the thing i think with video game films is that if you're not getting that right then everything's off you know like it's it's all out there so but with sonic ah, oh, is it so hard <laughs> is it so hard to just play Sonic the Hedgehog and just say, okay, what levels do we have in this game? Okay, maybe we can build scenes around that. Like, it's not that hard. Yeah. They just make it way too difficult. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's like I would go like, okay, what do we do? You know, uh, if you want to make it Hollywood, Sonic is an alien, Area 51 not too far from Nevada. You got the casino zone yeah. from Sonic. And, yeah, there you go. You know, and you, you blend all that together. And uh, But I don't know. It's, I, yeah, it's, I, I, I never understood It that. just seems so unnecessary. And then why give him human features? Seriously. You, you already have a template. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I think that they probably did this in a budget that they're going to make money. 
And oh, they, well, that's the thing. And they know that they're going to make more money if they troll versus yeah. Yeah. doing what fans well, want. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that visual effects and animators are notoriously underpaid. I could tell you that right now. Oh, totally. Yeah. They're notoriously underpaid. Oh, yeah. yeah you, you ever see the movie Sausage Party? No. Okay. The, the I'm Seth aware Rogen of it. Film. But, yeah. So the story broke once that film came out that the producers of that film, not Seth Rogen in particular, but like the production company behind it, um, were forcing their animators to work overtime and making it seem like you could be replaced at any moment in just really harsh working conditions. And the thing is, is like they were like, oh, well, this is horrible for this movie. It's like, no, that's across the board. You know, this is horrible, but VFX artists, animators, they're not paid very well. I'll tell you this. Okay, so this is my, my two cents to your comment, mm-hmm. and it actually ties in very serendipitously you know what you I'm got saying. It. You got it. You got it. With the beginning of this conversation, when yeah. you asked me what my favorite VHS cover is, yeah, I think there is no greater testament to how disregarded artists and graphic designers in the movie industry are yeah. than VHS artwork of the 70s, 80s, up to DVD, Blu-ray covers oh, of today. It's horrible. And just how, you could tell how quickly everything is thrown together because they're getting paid pennies and they're asked to rush these jobs so like whatever i don't care i, I like, think what is this uh, uh <laughs> this uh poltergeist okay let me get like an old picture of drew barrymore and throw comic sans on it and I, then there we go i think part of it has to do with the fact that back in the day you had the vhs cover art pretty much done before even the movie was filmed before it was cast you know like that's what a lot of people don't understand is like you have these really iconic pieces of VHS artwork. Like you look at Nightmare on Elm Street. No one knew what Freddy was going to look like. That's why the artwork is so all off the wall. Like part of his face is missing. An eyeball's just there. You know, <laughs> even some of the old Nintendo games are like that. Yeah, where there's like shit on the cover that's not in the game but, at all. <laughs> but the reason that's the case, and and I think this is part of it, is because they commissioned the artwork based on the concept. Yeah. You know, they didn't have everything nailed down. So that allowed the artists a lot of freedom to be able to basically have fun with it and do what you want and make something that's more representational of the story rather than of, oh, we're, we're featuring this person and that person. Uh-huh. You know, and that stuff could be added later. Um, but, you know, like you showed that uh, uh, artwork. Um, and could you tell me if one of those people are the actors in it? No, I mean, some, I mean, right now, the only thing that's coming to mind is the old big trouble in little China poster. And that is 1000%. Oh, Kurt well, Russell yeah. and Kim Cattrall. Right. But I don't, I don't even, but, that but was probably most, done way after the fact. Oh yeah. But, but, but for the most part, you know, that artwork was all done beforehand. Um, nowadays, and I kind of blame Photoshop for this and I'm not going to sound like the old man in the yard. He's just saying, you know, oh, youngins and uh, Photoshop. Digital, I use Photoshop all the time. So di- digital art killed movie posters, dude. I have, so many cool my uncle who was a movie collector mm-hmm. he was like an avid movie fan his entire life yeah and i have a scrapbook it's like one of my most prized possessions mm-hmm. a scrapbook that he made as a kid where he would cut out all of the old advertisements for movie posters out nice. of the newspaper when he was a kid wow. so like i'm talking like 
old like original like creature from the black lagoon all the old universal stuff just like and he like saved all this stuff so it would be like the advertisements in the newspapers for the movie through the theaters that were showing it that's awesome it's like a whole book of them and there's all this awesome artwork yeah and i have like books that i've bought just chronicling like old poster art and things like that and i went through a huge phase with that stuff and now it's just like it's so rare to see really cool poster art for a movie unless it's like some super nerd shit and like Mondo's backing it or something yeah, like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? The I met one artist who who does do stuff for uh, Scream Factory. Um, his name is Joel Robinson. Have you ever heard of him? Mm-mm. So he did the uh, he does a lot of the the artwork and he's like a true artist in that too. I met him when he came to Horror Realm a couple years ago. Okay, um, Horror Realm's a convention, horror film convention yeah. in Pittsburgh, and he like he he was just an artist. He hadn't been bought up by anyone yet, <sighs> and he's gone on to really do these really amazing. Uh, re-releases of horror movies through the like, Scream Factory and a lot of these other like indie labels of movies. So he did the um, the hell was it Nightbreed? Okay. Uh, when they got the uh, director's cut finally out, he was one of the he was the artist who was chosen to really create new poster art for that film. Yeah. Um, and he's gone on to do a bunch of other ones. So like the, it's not a dead art. It's just there's only a couple people who are doing it. Now. Well, I think that. It's dead in terms of like it's just mainstream, not the norm. Yes. Mainstream, for a, yes. For, it was it was the norm. It was for such a long time. You know what I mean? Like, fuck. You want to talk about a sick VHS cover, Death Spa? You ever see that? I've never seen that, oh, dude. It's the place to get a killer workout. <laughs> I've seen Death Bed. <laughs> okay, I don't the know that. Bed that eats. I'm not even kidding. That's actually the tagline of it: is Death Bed the bed that eats? It's from the 70s. It's horrible, oh. but it's so good. Man. My favorite VHS cover art oh, yeah, is, you did. is uh, The Blob. Okay. From the like the late 80s. We got to pull it up. And here's the reason why. It's not so much the art itself. It's the gimmick that the company did at the time to kind of sell that movie. So they made it so like they had this plastic wrapping over it that oh. was filled with this blobby goo stuff. Oh, hell so yeah. So you'd grab the VHS cover and it would just move and twist and mm-hmm. warp all the place. Like that's the most badass thing ever. I think I have seen that before. Um, I'm yeah, trying you to worked see. in Blockbuster. I know. I know it was in there. I know Eagle Video had it, which is where I got a <laughs> lot of Shout out to videos. Eagle Video, yeah. bro. Um, fuck. Yeah, I don't man. know how to properly Google this. That's okay. <laughs> I, I googled the Blob cover art liquid cover i mean Maybe i mean I you've got i mean that first one is pretty much what it looks like oh okay was it, was it, it, it wasn't it wasn't anything special it was okay. like something they put over top of it okay yeah i got you i got you but, that's tight there yeah. was a uh, i think recently it was one of the vinyl re-releases for Maybe Friday the Thirteenth or one one of those movies. They did a, yeah. a vinyl re-release of the soundtrack, yeah. And the the record was pressed where it's like liquid filled with like blood. I've seen that. And yeah, I can't yeah. remember what movie it is. I want to say it's Friday the Thirteenth. It sounds like that'd be a Friday. But 13th. It, it it was. It, I'm pretty sure it was some bullshit that Mondo did. Once again, shout outs to them and <laughs> all the money they have to just throw at ridiculous things. They should sponsor your show. <laughs> that would be cool. Uh, yeah, I. I mean, shout out to Mondo. Sponsor your show. Yeah, please, please sponsor my fucking podcast. That'd be cool. I'll put uh, <laughs> I'll put some of your art on the walls that you can't see in here. I actually, I have some Mondo posters at the house. I don't have any That's here. Awesome. I have a. You uh, need to get some. I have a Tales from the Crypt. Nice. 
the Goonies and Kill Bill Good. Mondo posters at the house. They're all in the kitchen. My posters have been moved to the basement. Oh, that's really sad. It's not. It's yeah. not. I <laughs> Listen, man, when you have <laughs> when you have stepsons who are young, uh, it's it's kind of hard to just put your stuff all over the place. So I'm fine. I, believe, I, can, I can believe that. I find I I'm fine. Were you that. a collector type yes. growing up? Yeah. How's that translated into your older years? Um I don't collect nearly as much as I used to. I used I used to treat I still kind of do. I treat DVDs and Blu-rays kind of like the same way someone would treat a record, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, so in in my basement where all my posters are at and everything, and where okay, my so when you say it's been moved to the basement, you have like no. A, oh yeah, it's up. It's on the wall. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It's. I'm, I'm, my, thi- I'm thinking like some like. Are you afraid of no, the dark shit? No. You know, no. Like, my basement's finished. So. Okay. So yeah. Oh, don't all get right, me wrong. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. It's, not too it's bad. just been, it's no longer prominent on the first floor. It's okay, the it's not in the it's kitchen. Fine. I got you. It's not in the kitchen. I don't think my Army of Darkness poster would really fly in the kitchen very well. And I'll eat, I'll eat, yeah. I'll eat an omelet and look at Ash, dude. Let's <laughs> fucking do it. But uh, anyway, you know, I used to collect a lot and be very like, oh, I got to get this, you know, Blu-ray or this DVD. I don't do that nearly as much now. And it's mainly just because, you know, my money needs to go to somewhere else. Yeah. So just in my er, my older years, I'm just more responsible with my money when it comes to collections. Totally, I'm the same way. Where I mean, I don't. Have but I an, still have my Blu-rays and DVDs. Yeah, Those are I have. I have a, prominently out. I have a nice movie collection, records. I still have some toys and shit, you know. But it's just hard. I just don't care anymore. I kind of feel like I have all of the stuff that yeah. I wanted. And every once in a while, yeah. there's some new stuff that comes along, and if I want it bad enough maybe i'll get it but for the most part it needs to be something that's functional like i'll still buy records i'll still buy a movie i haven't gotten toys in forever the last like even thing close to an action figure i didn't even buy it was a gift from my girlfriend yeah um whenever neca released the it was from the first ninja turtles movie they released the baby versions of the turtles oh really it's like a full set and they come with like chip bags and big pizzas and stuff like so like you know when they were like doing like the little yes little dance things those turtles they did figures little little babies like before they yeah they did figures of those and then when i saw them i was just like okay yeah i have not wanted to buy anything in a long time but i fucking want these and uh, I didn't buy them, but she ended up getting them for me for either my birthday or Christmas. My or wife has gotten me Funko Pops. Okay. Like she, I didn't know what the hell Funko Pop was. Yeah. And then we started Did getting- Did that get out of control in your house? How- Not really. Because for me, like same sort of deal. I don't buy toys anymore. The toys I have on display are pretty much like, I have the the, the NECA uh, Hellraiser. Uh-huh. I'm a huge Hellraiser fan. Hellraiser's tight. As one of my, it's in my top tier of favorite movies. Okay. Um, and one of the films that encouraged me to be a filmmaker, uh, if you can imagine that, but like, I have like my pinhead multiple, yeah. pin, like a bobblehead and I have, uh, you know, pinhead action figures yeah. and some of the, uh, tortured soul stuff. I have yeah. some of that stuff. I will admit with all of my movie, like experience and knowledge, Hellraiser is one franchise. I never, uh, spent a whole lot of time with. You don't need to spend a whole lot of time with the franchise because it starts to go downhill. Sure. Um, I'd say if you can watch. Is Hellraiser Wes Craven? No, no. That's Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Hellraiser's Clive Barker. Cl- there it is. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, All right. And yeah. Pittsburgh's own Doug Bradley. Yes. 
I know. I know Doug Bradley. He, he guest bartended at a show we played. No once. shit. Yes. Yeah. No. I've had I've had dinner with Doug, and I, I know his, uh, his okay. girlfriend staff. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, like like I said, like I'm very. Uh, I, I wasn't sure if it was a a West Craven, Clive Barker. That's right. Yeah. Clive yeah but like Barker. I said, I, I'm just not. What what should what Hellraisers should I watch? You should watch, in my opinion, um, one two. Three, if you've had a couple drinks, um, and half of four. Okay, cool. You don't need to watch anything past that. Okay. Because, I mean, and honestly, if you get down to to the nitty-gritty of it, you know, the Hellraiser series is kind of like a roller coaster ride where after four, you just keep plunging and there's no no bottom. Like, I know know I've seen them, uh, at least some bits and pieces of some, but nothing yeah. really stuck with me. And it's always been like, it's one of those things that's been, you ever have something on your to-do list for so long, yep. it just doesn't get done. Yep. You know, that's one of those things where like, sometimes people are like, I can't believe you've never seen that or done. It's like, I can't fucking watch everything. And that's the thing. And you can't, <laughs> you can't, you can only do so much. So I, I would say absolutely watch one and two because mm-hmm. one and two are really good. Um, three, if you really love pinhead and you like, here in his like corpse because three they kind of turned him into freddy okay so it's kind of weird like they they turn him into more like That's, a slasher that seems that seems about right that, it, well, could, that was 90 for the 92 time. yeah that was 92 yeah, yeah so it was the, the the towards the end of the slasher film era so you're they're kind of trying to milk up as much oh it's as like how every tv show wants to be stranger things in one way or another right now i just finished stranger things season three me too yeah it's cool we can really talk about good. that in a second. Do you need more beer? You all right? uh, yeah, I'll take a little bit. All right. We're going to break for beer. Actually, just uh, tell people uh, your social medias where they can find your podcast. Okay. So you can find more information about the Cinema Psycho Show at cinemapsychoshow.com. That's our website. Uh, we're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at uh, Psycho Show. So if you just type in Psycho Show or you can just Google us. We're also on basically any sort of po- a podcasting platform. So iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. We just got put on Pandora, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're one of the the, the better rollout of uh, Pandora podcast. So, yeah, even yeah. This isn't a uh, even though this isn't a beer from Allegheny City Brewing. I'm still going to put this up <laughs> like that. Shout outs to Penn Brewery. We're drinking yeah. the chocolate meltdown. Yeah, very much so. And. Shout outs to Allegheny City Brewing. They are right down the street. Really? If you have not been there. I have not been there. Highly suggested Cheers. that you visit them. They are one of the most overlooked and underappreciated breweries in the city. And it's one of my favorite spots. Awesome. But maybe I'm particular because I live over here. And yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm not a big beer nerd. Neither I'm a beer I. nerd, but not like a beer snob. That's probably a way to put it. You're not like our friends, the drinking partners. No, but they're, they're not even that knowledgeable. They're bigger knowledgeable than I am. Yeah, I mean, like, I, Wait, I, I, I listen to their podcast. Huge shout outs to Day and Ed, but yeah. they pretty much are very, for the most part, I think they're happy to try anything that's brought yeah. to them. They're not, they don't really turn their nose up at anything, as no, far they as I don't. know. Uh, but what was I going to say? Oh, I just like, uh, I like I like good beer and nice people, and they yeah. make good beer and they're nice people down there. So shout outs to them, and awesome. also shout outs to Penn Brewery, which, as I've mentioned before, we are pretty much in Penn Brewery at this pretty point. Much, yeah. So, Stranger Things, yeah, season three, yeah, it's the hot ticket right now. Lots of people are talking about it. Yeah, some people love it, 
Some people don't get it. I don't know how you could hate it. I think <laughs> the thing, so what I've gathered from the comments that I've read mm-hmm. from people that don't seem to understand it, I think there are people that aren't understanding that part of the reason why you watch it is because you need to tap into that part of being that age. Absolutely. And I don't think if you weren't into nerdy sort of shit when you were growing up, you're never going to fully understand that show. No. You're not going to get absolutely it. Right. You know, cause there it's, you know, it's written from that perspective of a nerdy preteen mm-hmm. teenager. And, pretty much it's written for that demographic. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, a, you know, a vanilla ass 30 something that, you know, never grew up around that, you're not going to get stranger things. There it's are, not for you. Honestly. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. That is, it's, it's nostalgia fuel. Yeah. That's exactly what it yeah. is. And it's okay. It doesn't have to be anything more. Yeah. Than that. But the fact that it's got a great story with it, that's a that's an added bonus to the nostalgia fuel, and I think that's why it's been will, able to uh, sustain itself for so long. I will say the one thing that's like kind of, I accept it because they turn it around. So, one, I was not a huge fan of some of the things that happened in season two. Yeah, yeah. it was a little wonky, and one of the things that really bugged me about the beginning of season two and the beginning of season three was just like. It's like, okay, we get it. It's the 80s. Yeah. We get it. We, we Okay, okay, I get it. You know, yeah, they, they yeah. really shove it down your throat. They do. Um, but they really turned it around with the story. And I mean, like, God, it is like, it's like really funny. It's really gross. Oh, my God. It is God. so gross. I'm oh going to try God. to stay spoiler free, but fuck, it is so gross. And it's awesome coming from that. I mean, I like that gross out shit. We were talking about yes. it earlier. I was like, what? Well, well, I mean, think about this. Think about this. What what movie came out shortly after 85? The Fly. This is body horror shit 101. This oh, yeah. Is, this is uh, David Cronenberg crap. Like, that's literally oh, what we're pulling there's from. There's so many calls, dude. I was thinking so much. Um, fuck. We'll just say uh, the Battle of Starcourt reminded yes. me so much of the end of the gate. Yeah, <laughs> like there's oh, the gate. There's, I showed that movie to my stepsons. Uh, yeah, that movie is fucking so great, good. dude. It's there's so no way that they did not have that in mind, especially with the fireworks. I was just, I was waiting for someone to have an eyeball in their hand. Oh yeah, that would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was a uh, fright rags actually just released an enamel pin of the hand with the oh, eyeball. Oh no in way! It. Yeah, awesome. they released some uh, some new gate shirts and stuff too. Gate I probably I have enough fucking t shirts and I'm not gonna buy any of it, but I like <laughs> looking at it. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, this is cool. I'm glad that like they're still. Yeah. No, I I, I liked a lot of the callbacks because um, I mean they had me right when they had the uh, the Day of the Dead. Yeah, scenes in there, and then they also they pull the soundtrack from it in certain scenes. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh my god, you, you're George Romero-ing us right now. This uh-huh. is great. I love it. Yeah. So I mean, they, I I think they were a little uh, they weren't as heavy handed with the nostalgia this time around. I think they they pretty much yeah. hit you over the head with it in season two. Yeah, um, season two was a lot more like throughout, and then in this one, it got kind of nuanced, but yes. it felt like cool. Like I really liked the way that. They uh they did the stuff they utilized the Star Court with uh 
Elle's dress code, like going to yes. the Gap and like getting like all those cool outfits yeah. and like how they tricked everybody into having those clothes. Like they snuck it in in a way where it was like with Hopper was supposed to go on a date and now he just happens to looks be like Mag- si- Magnum P.I. Yeah, happens to be in the silly <laughs> shirt for the rest of the season yes. now as a result of this date that fell yes. through. And it's like, that's cool. It's like, I appreciate the the cute ways to get people to look the yes. part a little better. Yes. And honestly, like, I love Back to the Future. Uh-huh. So I love the fact that they're, <laughs> oh, they're just ripping on it. Well, they're just ripping on it. So, like, <laughs> I'm sorry to spoil this, but Steve's like, so wait a minute. I think that guy was having sex, wanted to have sex with his mom. Did he seriously do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not really and on, well, all that much of a spoiler. It's not a spoiler, anyway. but I mean, like, that's always been the one crux of being a fan of Back to the Future is, like, you have to, you know, deal with the fact that, yes. There is a little bit of incest in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff, um, which one of the the good things and the, you know, sometimes cringy things about uh, 80s cinema in particular oh, yeah. was just, like, some of the stuff that was okay. You mean, like, sex romp comedies? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that that's... You can't do that anymore. Yeah, no, not and at all. I, I don't think you should. Pe- like people, people do kind of get a little. Uh, they're a little bit more sensitive. Well, nowadays. well, I was I was reading an article the other day about because it's now the I think the twentieth anniversary of American Pie coming out. Okay, and wow, article. Yeah, I know. wow. Don't you yeah. feel old? Yeah, totally. I felt old. I was like, man, I was I just started high school when that movie came out. I guess so, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I'm old. Yeah, so We're old. so the, the the point is is that they were saying how. It, it was with uh, what's her face, the the woman, uh, Shannon Doherty. Shannon, no, not Shannon. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. Doherty's the. Uh, Dan- yeah, that's nine hundred two one zero. Nine hundred two one zero. Yeah. But anyway, she was saying how she did an interview with for this article, and they were saying how literally you could not make that movie now. Oh fuck! Yeah. Post me too. Like you couldn't do it, and honestly, the fact that they, that people took that on at, at that uh, film at the time it, it says a lot. You know, like there is some really like cringe worthy stuff. You're like, really? You it's know? a fun movie. It's and, a fun and without, movie. Without American Pie, we would not have scary movie. That's and true. I fucking love scary movies. That movie. is true. <laughs> and, but I, I think you have to kind of take a look at these movies in context and say, okay, what time period well, did this film I, come out? Yeah, I you think know? the thing, I don't even remember the last time I watched American Pie. I think the only reason I like American Pie is because of scary movie. Yeah. So I like American Pie because it led to studios saying, "Okay, this is too much. Let's try to revamp this," and that's why you get movies like Super Bad because sure. that was counter to the American Pie type yeah. of films. But Super Bad's great too. Super Bad's amazing. I love Super Bad, and that was that was because um, they wanted a more realistic depiction of teenage life. Okay, you know, yeah. so like that's okay. kind of the the counter to it. So I'm going to throw a hot potato in your lap here. All right, so. While we're talking about people being upset yeah. about things, yeah. uh, a little bit of a uh, something that you know has gotten some people upset. Okay, has to do with movies. Okay, current Disney, mm. Little Mermaid. Yeah, they casted an Ariel that is not a Caucasian redhead. It's a fucking movie. How do you feel about this? I think it's a fucking movie. Get the hell over it. Sure. Like that's I mean I mean I I don't care like yeah, that's my I'm, thing is is who the hell cares like are these people who get on on there and go like oh well Ariel should be white it's a goddamn animated mermaid 
Yeah. For God's sake. You know, it's a fantasy character. Who cares? You know, um, I'm not against there being an African-American mermaid. I think that's fine. You know, I want to see the movie now because of this whole thing. Um, so I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I think that the people who have a problem with it, you know, also are, are the people who have a problem with. I, I, let me get this here. Where are the people who don't have a problem, who have a problem with this, okay? Yeah. But they don't have a problem with whitewashing of Asian characters in movie adaptations. Oh, sure. Ghost in the Shell. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. Where are those people? Okay? Because uh, that, that's my point. It's like, you have a problem with this, but you didn't have a problem with that. Or you didn't have a problem with, you know, back in the 50s and 60s when you had, uh, you know, really horrible stereotypical depictions of other races by white people. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's but, my point. The only interesting thing that I've heard uh, regarding this, um, which was, it was from somebody talking about, it was actually a black person talking about this from the perspective of, um, you know, this is cool. Yeah. But why, instead of us getting more original black characters that are already black, why do we just need to, you know, basically, you know, it's like, this will be accepted. It's like, okay, it's a black person playing a white person thing. Yeah. It's still a white thing at its core. It's like a big thing with comic book stuff. Yes. Because there's a lot of, you know, black superheroes yes. focused outside of Black Panther or yep. like what, Luke Cage. Blade. Yeah, Blade. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff. Or you could just create new stuff. Well, right there, creating new stuff is hard. Totally. But I'm being honest with you. That's Hollywood. It's not hard. It just takes more time than they want to spend. No, it's it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Okay, it's hard for them. I'm not saying it's hard for someone like me. It's not hard for the indie filmmaker because the indie filmmaker has nothing to gain well, from it. Well, I don't it. even think it's hard for you them. Know? They have all of the resources to so many people that want to do new challenging things. But you think about, let's go back. We talked about the fifth element before. Yeah. Do you think they want to put all this money into a movie that's going to take 10 years to make? No. 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 They want to give it to somebody that can churn something out in well, six months. The, the other thing, too, is that the the way that movies make money nowadays has changed. Okay? Um, it used to be that they could bank on a star. So you could say, okay, this movie's going to have uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or it's going to have uh, Sylvester Stallone. And all we have to do is really just sell it on that and it'll make money. Okay. The problem is, is that Hollywood doesn't fucking know what is going to make money anymore. The only thing that they know is that, and, and, and this is the only the reason why it's so hard, is that they are afraid of risk. They want to minimize as much risk as possible. So what do they do? They say, well, if we make something original, we don't have an audience that we can pull from. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the only exception to this, I found are horror films because the horror genre as a whole, pretty much that's a dedicated audience. You know, they will watch anything and it's honestly to their detriment sometimes. Um, but <laughs> I'm being honest with you. I've, 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 as much as I am a horror fan and I'm, I'm, you know, down to the blood, a horror movie fan been one since birth. Um, but the reason why we have shit horror movies is because everyone gives them money. 
Yeah. If you don't want crap horror movies, if you don't want horror remakes, if you don't want Halloween 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, don't give them your goddamn money. Um, but back to my point, Hollywood wants a dedicated audience that they don't have to really work at. So that's why they do franchises. That's why they do these properties that people are already familiar with. And that's why they're not doing original things. Um, and that only works so far. And that's where I say where original content is flourishing is on TV. Would you think that Handmaid's Tale could be uh, a commercial movie? Probably not. But as a series that you just pop up and it's water cooler uh, fuel, then yeah, it will work. Um, you, could, you could say the same thing about The Walking Dead. You know, people love The Walking Dead, but that concept wouldn't work as a film. Yeah. You know? Uh, and that's kind of what I'm getting at is, is it's hard for Hollywood to create original things because they are afraid. They're afraid of failure. And they've built themselves up that if it doesn't, clear 100 million or, or 200 million or 500 million, then it's a failure. And that's also because they bank a lot of, I think it's somewhere around the realm. I mean, my co-host has told me the numbers in this, but I think it's about half of the budget that you see for a film that gets made. So if you see a movie that's like, okay, this movie costs $200 million to make, okay? Half of that budget is marketing. Oh, half. Oh, for sure. Half of it. Yeah. So you're spending all this money on a film. And if it doesn't get an audience, it's a failure, even if it gets somewhat of an audience. If it's not a you know, knocked out of the park you know, home run, it's not going to work. And that's why I say it's a problem. So getting back to your original question, Disney is doing this for two reasons. One, they do want to be on the more progressive side of, of, of ideology. And that's fine. I think that's fine. I don't think there's any wrong, or anything wrong with having an African-American Little Mermaid. Why the hell not? Um, so they're doing that for two reasons. One, makes them look good. Okay. Two, generates buzz sure. for the film. Okay. Is it wrong that they're doing that for those reasons? It, yeah. It's like a social equivalent to Sonic's human features, yes. unfortunately. Yeah. It's the same, just get people I, talking. But, but that's, I mean, my, my, my other co-host Elaine would say, you know, it's, for the wrong, it's the right thing for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know what like, I mean? Part of me, it's like, it's like, there's no al- much, altruism to this. It's like, how much of this is just pandering? It is a little bit, a little bit, but like at the same time, I think it's, it's just cool. You know, it's, I, I, I want to see it now. It though. just bums me out that Disney is up pulling all of those resources to keep making new things for kids of this generation. Like, it's awesome. I'm glad there's a live-action Beauty and the Beast and an Aladdin yeah. and now a Little Mermaid. And I think we're getting a Lion King, right? Like, they're doing we're all this We're getting Lion King, which they said, uh, I guess early reviews came out, and they said that it was very Uncanny Valley, if you're familiar with that. It's basically the concept of when you're a human and you can, you know, kind of see the unhuman features. Yeah. And it kind of is weird. So yeah. they said it's very much like that. Yeah. Um, well, you're also getting a live-action Mulan, too. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And... There are, I just, there was so many cool, I mean, even though the majority of Disney stuff was just reworkings of old stories, yeah. why not just keep doing that? Because they have a bottom line. Yeah, it's just a that's, bummer. It's, it's a bummer, and that's why I say, if you don't like it, don't give them your goddamn money. 
That's how you stop it. That's how you stop. That's, that's why reality TV is no longer as popular as it was even like 10, 15 years ago because no one watches it anymore. What are they watching? They're watching streaming. Oh, yeah. Instagram Live, Snapchat. Well, well no, not just that. I'm talking about like Netflix and, oh, yeah. you know, uh, Hulu and Amazon Prime. Do you find that there's reality TV on those platforms? There's not really. Not really. No. There's original cooking content. shows. There's cooking shows. But what I mean mm-hmm. is like competition. Yeah. Well, because of that, reality TV is not being made nearly as much. You know, and that's that's how you, that's and how you also, stop any of that stuff. That kind of goes back to almost like the American Pie discussion where a lot of the stuff that sold reality TV, I think, is kind of not kosher now. No, it's not. Yeah, Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's way inappropriate. Yeah. Way inappropriate. I actually, I, 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 when I was in college, we went to uh, the National Association of Broadcasters conventions in Las Vegas. And... Uh, the keynote speaker of the the education portion of that um, was were, were two editors for the Surreal Life. I remember that. Was remember that the, the was, that, was that Paris Hilton and no, that was no, that's your yeah. That was your, the Simple Life. That's the Simple Life. The, the, the Surreal Life. Surreal Life was on MTV and it was horrible. They okay. basically got like Z grade actors and has beens and they put them in a house just to see what shit happened. So real world, but with. Terrible people. C-list actors. Terrible people. Sure. Uh, <laughs> okay. Like, cool. like they had uh, Vern Troyer in there. Okay. And like from, This is ringing a bell. Yeah. Yeah. You probably remember so it. So like, uh, like real world mixed with Celebrity Apprentice mixed with Jersey Shore. And, and the movie Freaks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, so, you know, listening to these editors talk was the most infuriating thing as a filmmaker because all the bullshit associated with reality TV was just exposed and they were proud of it. They're just proud of it. And like, Oh yeah, we, you know, usually I remember this clear as day. They were like, Oh yeah, usually we would follow a script and things like that and actually do the creative process of doing pre-production. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. And I'm like, okay. Like, and they were like, Oh, we would just cut stuff together and make the story as we go. I'm like, that's really sad. Like, sure. And disappointing. Yeah. Because especially as someone who's studying film and TV and you're just like, oh, so if I just throw shit in a blender and just call it a day, it's good, right? Because that's what these assholes are doing. So I just getting back to reality TV, like it, it's it's a kind of you know idiot fuel. I was never a huge fan. I'm mm. glad that I was kind of um by the time MTV turned into like that Ugh. reality thing yeah. like that was I was, was out of high school yeah and I just wasn't really watching TV or anything like that you know that's yeah. probably when I was in like my deepest uh cinephile mm. phase you know nice if I, if I wanted anything it was probably like the, the complete opposite of of that yeah so you know um wrapping things up here momentarily um I would just probably call it quits right now, but we still have a little bit of beer <laughs> that I feel like we can finish. So since we're going to be here, we might as well keep recording. Sure, why not? Um, I had made some notes about things that I wanted to just kind of chat with you about. Sure. And I mean, we really kind of like already touched up on most of them naturally just because we're kind of on the same page with yeah, a yeah. lot of things. Yeah. But one more Disney thing that I think we can kind of wrap up the conversation sure. with because it's a bit of a hot topic right now. Mm-hmm. And it's in relation to the Disney parks and Star Wars, which we had talked about before. Okay. Galaxy's Edge. Have you been keeping up with? I have not. So uh, for those that don't know, 
Galaxy's Edge, which is the Star Wars-themed land yep. in Disneyland and coming to Disney World in August. Uh, it opened up in California Disneyland mm-hmm. last month, and it's a flop. Nobody's really? going. That's sad. Like, the park's pretty much dead. That's and really it's sad. it's pretty crazy from all the stuff that I've read and been looking into. Um, me how and my, the hell does that happen? Uh so Seriously, there's the a lot of people online, you know, all throwing out their two cents regarding this. Um, I think the main reason it happened is because so the whole land is it's based around the Disney era Star Wars. Oh, so you're not. Okay. There's no Darth Vader and any of that. Well, shit there. right there. That's so that's like a, problem. a huge demographic of the people that. You know, people that actually have spending money mm-hmm. to go, there's no real reason to go other than just kind of a curiosity. But yeah, the price yeah. tag on going to Disney, especially if you don't live in California yeah. or Florida, I mean, me and Di- me and Stacy, my girlfriend, we're going to Disney World in September. Yeah, and I mean, I'm already a few thousand dollars into paying off this trip. I yeah. mean, I've started. We started saving and paying it off in December. You know, that's how you got to do it. So it's just like a little bit every couple, you know. My my wife has wanted to go to Disney. She went um, with her uh, oldest son and her ex-husband before we met. And, you know, it, it was expensive just doing that. Oh, yeah. It's so a- we want to take like everybody. Oh, if you're taking the whole fucking gang, bro. And it's, yeah. And it's like, well, that's really expensive. That's going to be like, you know, the cost of an arm. Oh, yeah. Literally. You're, you're going to get <laughs> On that, dude, for sure. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I, I mean, love your sound effects. <laughs> even so the thing is, like, even just taking me and my girlfriend, like, mm-hmm. it's a lot of money. So, no. I mean, imagine it's like, you know, spending all that money to basically go to what I have deducted as a glorified gift shop. Now just, I gotta ask you. It's a giant gift shop. I gotta ask you this. Yeah. Did you like the past two Star Wars films that came out? <sighs> <laughs> I just don't see any need for them. Yeah. That's the thing. You know what I mean? It's like I do see a need, but I, I just I, I see a need for yeah. Star Wars, but not Star Wars run by Disney. And I don't even have a problem with Disney. Yeah, I just don't think that like because like there's like the thing that was so great about Star Wars was that like that rebel spirit. Yeah, and Disney's not good at telling stories of rebel spirit. Well, they're the fucking empire. That literally is it. Like. Disney is the empire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You want to know who Palpatine is? Palpatine's <laughs> fucking Mickey Mouse. Uh, yeah. I Palpatine's mean, Mickey Mouse. I mean, like, I, 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 so, like, I've never been to Disney World, and, like, Neither I... Neither have I. I've been to Disneyland. I grew up in California. Oh, I lived there for a time. Okay. And Disneyland was down the street from us, so, so, I mean, yeah. I, it's like, and, like, I love, like, old school Disney stuff, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, to an extent, I'm not obsessive, but I want to go just to go. Like, I, I grew up around that stuff. I like it, yeah. and... I, I want to go to Galaxy's Edge. I, want, I would want to go to that, but... I'm stoked to go, but, yeah, I yeah. mean, for the most part... Everything in it is just glorified gift yeah. shops. You See, know? what they should have done was done similar to what I think it was uh, Universal did with The Simpsons. Okay. Where with The Simpsons, they they built Moe's Tavern and all this other spot, all the, the, the iconic spots. Yeah. Why couldn't you do Moe's Isley? Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, know? have, you have Oga's Cantina. 
No. <laughs> Who cares? No. <laughs> no. No one wants that. that. I think that's that's the thing. That's that. I think that's where they really drop the ball. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really curious though because this could be hopeful because Disney World's version that is supposedly mirror they mirror each other. Yeah. It hasn't opened yet, and I mean it's only been a month now. That's so I'm curious to see how they like shift things if they do or if they're just going to stick to their guns and be like you know what i mean you this is what we're doing here's the thing i i think with a theme park it's easier to shift gears than with a movie franchise excuse me um so so like i'll give you an example when uh the last jedi came out um you had a very loud and very i'd say a large sect of people who watched that film who lost their fucking mind. Oh, yeah, children. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, angry at the film. I'm oh, not yeah. talking children. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah. You, okay. Yeah. So I didn't hate that movie. I didn't mind it. I didn't, I didn't fall mind asleep. <laughs> I, was, I was entertained. Yeah. And at the end of the day, what do I go see a movie for? Primarily to be entertained. Okay. Do I see faults with it? Absolutely. You know? But that's kind of where I'm at, is as a person who studied film, I see plot holes like totally <laughs> you know, all over the place. When you're dealing with something like Star Wars, you still got to remember that like regardless of you being maybe somebody in your 30s, yeah. this isn't made for you. No. This is made for fucking children. Children. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, but the people who <laughs> lost their fucking minds and like were cursing Kathleen Kennedy out and cursing Ron Johnson out and all this other bullshit. Basically, they're the 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 incel motherfucker guys, you know. Sure, you know those guys. Um, and I say guys because a lot of them were. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, they they don't. I mean, because of because of that reaction. Oh, I, uh, dude, you know? I knew as soon as like whenever I watched Force Awakens and just seeing like how strong of a character Ray was. Force Awakens was designed to do one thing, and I've said this to people all the time. Like, if you were expecting Force Awakens to blow you away, that's not what it was designed to do. It was designed to help erase the memory of the prequel films. That's the only mission it has. Sure, get your reset. That's it. I wish I could queue up the. Men in Black theme song right now. <laughs> That's it, though. Um, but my point is, is that trying to readjust a franchise's heart. So after Last Jedi, you now have it where they've got JJ back in because they said, "Well, he did a great job with Force Awakens. Let's see if he can move it in a way that will appeal to the children, if you will, who were butthurt and angry over." last jedi Uh so that's why you have palpatine now coming back and that's why they're now pushing heavy into the sith stuff because they think that's what people want yeah and i think to some degree they're probably right but i think with a theme park it's easier you know um because you can very easily like readapt things and say okay you know whatever the hell what's the 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 cantina now called now? august cantina okay so august cantina i guarantee you okay mark my words after another month of no one showing up they will find a very quick way of turning that into most Eisley. Oh, yeah. Very it w- quickly. It wouldn't be hard. No. J- change some puppets around. Yeah. You know, that's, that's it. I mean, I think that... Ogus Kitty. Who the hell comes up with that shit? I think that they'll probably... The other thing, too, is that right now, I think the land will probably do better once it's fully open because there's still... There's a second ride that's not opened yet. Okay. And I think... The hotel, the Star Wars hotel is not open yet. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. 
That sounds really awesome. Those, like, those two things actually are like the coolest sounding things because the second ride, which is Rise of the Resistance, I think it's, from my memory, it's actually three rides in one. Yeah. So it's like three different rides where like you're basically yeah. like, you know, you're taking on like this basically like this half hour sort yeah. of journey where it's like you're in Star Wars, like going through like from like a chase to like finding somebody and ride, you know, like it's, it's like a whole thing. So they kind of make it very it's immersive. A, like it's a very, it's supposedly a very immersive experience. Wow. You know, right now the only ride that's in galaxy's edge is the millennium Falcon smugglers run, which is basically just like a glorified one of those like virtual reality, like at the science center where like you get in the oh, thing God. that moves and there's just like the screen. It's probably like, so it's like the back to the future ride from back of the day. Yeah, It's probably like top notch technology. Oh yeah. And regarding that, because you know, like uh screens are so high def and perfect yeah. and they probably have the sound like super sick and Smell everything probably vibrates the right <laughs> way or whatever. But yeah, yeah uh, it's, that's not enough for me to give a shit. No, no. And, that, and that's the thing is, is, I think they have to strike a balance. You know, you want to introduce. I almost wish that they it. just would have waited and just opened it all, all up at once. Yeah. I mean, that would be the I, smart thing, but they I want to make money. I think another thing too, I think, you know, I think some people probably got scared because they really hyped it up. Like it's going to be so sold out and blah, 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 blah. I actually booked our trip to Disney world because they had it announced the opening dates. Yeah. And actually, I pushed our trip because we were originally going to go in October. Yeah. I pushed it to September because I wanted to miss Galaxy's Edge opening. It's like, I Because like you Star didn't want to get hit with all the lines and yeah, shit. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I mean, like, it'd be cool to see it, but I've never been to Disney World at all. I have plenty of other things Same here. to see I've, first. I've never been to Disney World either. I don't give a fuck about the Star Wars thing. I'll see that You're later. Like, I've got to go to fucking Epcot, man. Yeah, okay, so I've got to go there. I was, um, <laughs> but they ended up announcing the opening date for it, and it ended up being in the time frame that we were going to be there, and I was like, shit. You know, like, fuck. <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, so I've been really keeping an eye on yeah. it now, and uh, but it seems like... I don't know. Like nobody's really that interested in going. That's sad. It's really sad. It is sad. You know. You know. This, I mean, I'm sure they'll give fix it time. It. I, I guarantee you, they will retool it. They're gonna have to. They spent like two billion dollars on it. The bare minimum, they're gonna have some <laughs> asshole in a Darth Vader costume walking around yeah, yeah. when it's ninety degrees out. Okay, yeah. that's what they're gonna do at bare minimum. Someone will be there, Darth Vadering it. Okay. With some classic stormtroopers all around him. Yeah. And then, you know, Mickey Mouse will branch out. I will with say there is some cool Emperor things Palpatine that I've heard. Like, like all of the the cast members that work in the land yeah. are very aggressive about staying in character. Like, so the, there's a lightsaber shop they're, in, in they're Galaxy's Edge. They're aggressive about staying in character. In terms of like, okay, so there's a lightsaber shop okay. in Galaxy's Edge. And you could go there and you can go build your own custom lightsaber. Nice. Granted, I've been here. It costs two hundred dollars. Oh, and there's been multiple people talking about how their lightsaber stopped working before they even left the park. Uh, but with the that, force is not with them. No, 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 no. That's uh, so. With all that being said, though, yeah. if you were to ask a cast member where the lightsaber shop is, yeah. they'll pretend like you don't know where they're talking. What they're like, they don't know what you're talking about. Like if you, because like nothing's marked. There's no text anywhere. It's all in like, uh, like weird like Star Wars That's language. The Star Wars language, yeah. It's all like in that language. And like if you like, hey, do you know where I can get some scrap metal? Like if you talk to cast members in like code, 
they'll guide oh, you. Oh, God. And like, I was like, that's cute, but also kind of corny. Well, let me ask you this. Are they at least going to like tell people that? Because if I go into Star Wars land and I don't know that shit, it's going to get really annoying real fast. Suppose- I'm going to say, just tell me the fucking lightsaber is that asshole. You know, like that's, that's what I would go to. Supposedly it's- not. You know, especially if I've got all my kids and then, yeah. you know, the screaming baby, I want to know where the fucking lightsaber shop I mean, is at. I, I'm only going off of some blogs that I've seen and those blogs probably get some money from Disney. So who knows well, what story they're telling? You know what? They don't have to be Jared Leto with Suicide Squad on this shit. Okay. Oh, God. If, do you hear the behind the scenes of that? No. Oh, did you see Suicide Squad? No. Okay. So Jared Leto thought that if he was method, he would be a better joker. So he played horrible pranks on everyone in the cast. Like he sent used condoms to people. And, oh, yeah. Sent a dead pig to somebody because he thought, oh, yes, the Joker. If I'm method, then I, and it's like, no, no, no. You're just annoying. So that's what I'm saying. Like when you're telling me these Star Wars assholes are basically acting in character all <laughs> method like, guess what? It gets old real fast. But I mean, at the <laughs> same time, you think that like you would kind of want that going to if you were going to be in that land yeah you kind of it's how do you find I, that balance i, I think, I, it's think gonna- I think as long as you tell people what the code is <laughs> you know when i go to renaissance fair okay when i go to a renaissance fair and i'm seeing everybody acting in you know renaissance garb and they you know talking all old english shit you know i already know this is the world i'm in <laughs> So I know I went to the Ren Fair <laughs> yeah. a couple of years back and I brought up like, I was like, oh, where's the ATM? Like, oh, we don't have that here. What sort of future technology is that? So like, that's fine. I know already what I'm getting into. I don't know that shit in a Star Wars okay. world. Okay. Fair. But if they I'm give, gonna... if they give everyone a pamphlet and say, talk like this, if you want the they lightsaber might. shot. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Not trying to be angry. I'm just saying. That's okay, man. If I had four, if I had my four kids with me and a wife and everything, and we're in fucking Star Wars land, and they're like, "Oh yes, well, I don't know what the lightsaber shop is. What do you mean by that?" (laughs) I'd be like, "Listen, you're gonna tell me the fucking lightsaber (laughs) shop is real fast." Sure, sure. Oh man, so. Hey, man, we've been going for an hour 20. I think it might be a good time to wrap this Sweet. up. We got a little bit of beer Sweet. left, but, you know, I have 5% battery on the camera. Well, that's, so that's, a di- that's an issue there. We should probably, you know, probably. consider that. So if you're still here, you're still listening. Um, wait, I got to do this right. Hey, and that is all, go. folks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Brian Cottingbird. Thanks Coddington. for being co- Brian Cottingham. Brian, uh, Brian, I'm just fucking with that's you. Cool. I knew it was that's Coddington. Cool. I knew it was Coddington. I was just playing jokes. That's cool, man. I was being a joker. Hey. Jared, uh, Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for coming over. Thanks really for having appreciate me on, it, man. I'll be back again. I'll be yeah. back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2019. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening. Cheers, Cheers to that. Man. Yeah. And that's that's about it. That's it. Hey. Cool. Yeah.